Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, the host of the podcast. And this week, I have a couple of current students in the quilt pattern writing course. I put out an application for students in the course who wanted to be a guest on the podcast. And I just said, hey, you know, I would love to hear where you are in your business now, why you are interested in the quilt pattern writing course. And, you know, after taking the course and implementing some things, what's happened in your business? And I actually originally said I'll have four students come on, but I actually took six. It was really difficult to narrow it down. Uh, The hardest part of all of this was not choosing everyone, you know, to be on the podcast. But I did, you know, I said I'd want to take people who are at different levels in their business. And I wanted some people who were brand new starting out, some people who'd been in business for a little while. And then some people who've been in business for a while. And so today, the two students that will be on the podcast are Leslie Rutland and Amy Lawless. And you'll see that both of their businesses are at very different stages. And I'm just really excited to chat with them and to have you hear their business background, why, you know, what they dream of doing with their business what their experience was, and why they decided to take the quilt pattern writing course. But before I introduce them, let me read one of the reviews that was shared for the podcast. And if you haven't left a review, please do. It's very, very helpful for the podcast success and for me as the podcast host. So this one says, I'll be honest, I didn't get podcasts before this. Friends were always talking about them, but when I started listening to Elizabeth's podcast after signing up for the quilt pattern writing course, I realized I just needed to find the right ones to enjoy. I like how the episodes motivate listeners to push themselves to grow, paint pictures of the real steps many successful quilters and crafters took to get where they are today, and often give actionable steps or takeaways rather than vague promises. Elizabeth is very free about sharing the information she has gathered from her experience over the years, and the variety of guests and topics keep every week interesting. I highly recommend this to quilters, crafters, and sewists looking to grow as a business. And this is Emmy and Co. Studio from Canada. So thank you so much. I really love that. I just laugh at the beginning. I'll be honest, I didn't get podcasts before this, and I'm flattered that my podcast is the podcast that turns you on to podcasts, the podcasting world. And I love that, you know, the things that you had to say about the podcast, that there's actionable steps, that you love listening to the stories of the guests, and that this helps push you to grow your business. So thank you so much. I really love hearing that and knowing that. So with that said, let's jump in and let me introduce you to first Leslie and next Amy. Leslie, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited and thrilled to have you to hear your story. For our listeners, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, First of all, Elizabeth, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm just so grateful to be here and just share my story. Uh, My name is Leslie Rutland, and um, my business is called The Seasoned Homemaker. Um, You can find me at seasonedhomemaker.com. So um, we go back 14 years here when I started my business, way back in the olden days of blogging. Um, I actually began with an Etsy shop in 2008, and I was sewing and um, actually physically making aprons, retro, modern type aprons to sell. And um, I had found a bunch of patterns of my mom's for aprons, and they were like from the 50s. (laughs) And so I took them, I reworked them, and uh, just you know, just started a business, but it was kind of hard to keep up with. And even back then, Etsy was a lot different. It's not what it is today, you know, so everything was just very, very slow moving. 
And um, as I went along, uh, people started um, asking questions about, you know, what, what kind of fabrics I was using and all of that. So I started a little blog on Blogger. You know, it was free. It didn't cost me anything. And, and I would just explain about my um, different aprons that I was making and selling. And then people asked, could I turn those into patterns, which I did. And at that point, once the patterns took off, I stopped making aprons. It was like, no, but I, but I kept the blog. And then uh, fast forward to 2011, I overhauled the blog. And it stopped, I stopped making and selling aprons. And what I did was I moved to WordPress. I got branding at that point, my first round of branding. And I put ads on my site. And, um, and the themes on the blog were sewing, gardening, and quilting, and uh, gluten-free recipes. And I was really leaning into the sewing, quilting side of it. Um, and, uh, and so as I was making projects week after week, I mean, I was posting projects sometimes three times a week. So trying to keep up with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, around late 2011, early 2012, I um, wrote a tutorial called How to Make a Pillowcase Using the Burrito Method. And that was a phrase I had invented. And it just took off. And it took off everywhere. It took off on Pinterest. Um, I wasn't really doing much on um Facebook at the time, so it got a little bit of following on Facebook, but mostly on Pinterest. And that just one um, tutorial really kind of started the ball rolling where I was getting an income from it. And I started doing something, I don't know if you've heard this phrase, power pinning. Do you know what that is? <laughs> it's. Um, is it? Tell me, I think I know, but tell me more. Yeah. Um, I had these spreadsheets with different colors on them and different times of the day. And I had a, I had a, a round of all of my blog posts. So I would go down the list and I would pin them daily at different times of the day. And this was before there was any sort of automated anything for pinning. And so, um, okay. but that, that uh, discipline of doing that actually, um, drove a lot of traffic to my site and my ad revenue started growing and my uh, page views and unique visitors and all of that from uh, Google Analytics. Those also were, you know, growing fast. So Google was showing my stuff, Pinterest was showing my stuff. And um, that, I call that the free tutorials in exchange for page views model. And, um, and for a while, it was very good. I mean, you could probably talk to any craft food, any kind of blogger. We all were doing this and we were all being very successful with it. And so um, what that meant was I would offer like a tutorial, a free tutorial with a download. And people had to give me their email in order to get the template for the download. And um, anyway, it, it, created an email list of targeted readers. And so that was just, then I could start contacting my readers. Um, but mostly I was just using like an RSS feed. And every time I produced something new, it just went into the RSS feed. And um, I wasn't very serious about it at that point. Uh, and that was like, say, around 2012, 2013. Then in 2015, I absolutely switched gears 100%. And that was when my blog and my website became quilting focused. And um, I had gone to QuiltCon <laughs> in 2015. And it was like my brain lit up. We, I was taking a class on how um, half square triangles could just be manipulated to take and make any kind of thing you wanted with color. And it was just, it was like, I was in love and I just, you know, like ditch, ditch the gardening, ditch the food, ditch some of the sewing. And it was all quilting at that point. And I've kind of, I haven't changed lanes since then. So that's kind of like, I love it. since then, that's been the story of how this whole thing started and where I am today. Well, okay. And going way back to the branding, I noticed that you said it was my first round of branding. How many rounds of branding have you done so far? 
And I say so far because there will probably be more. <laughs> there probably will be. Well, I, you say that, but I tried to change branding and brought my new ideas to a group of friends, and the rejection was horrific. You know, they were like, no, <laughs> don't change anything. <laughs> so, so basically, um, maybe around 2017, 2018, um, I took – the, the same imagery was there, but we got some new fonts and uh, some new coloring and things like that. So somewhere, I think it was like maybe 2017 when I did all that and have a branding package. And I stayed, stayed with all of that since then. It's been refreshed a couple of times, but just more like just additional colors that I use that are not on my branding list. So... But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I would maybe like to change it, but I'll tell you why it kind of is in that in a second. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I just, you are a wealth of knowledge. You have experience in an area that I don't have as much experience with all of the blogging history. I mean, I blog, but like it is not anything what you've done. And the ads that you've earned money with and doing that time with Pinterest, you know, while that was tedious and monotonous, you gained a lot of knowledge from that. So I guess it brings me to my question, why did you sign up for the quilt pattern writing course? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I like to say that um, it's like you had a little camera in my brain and rec was re recording what I was thinking. It's as <laughs> though you created this course specifically for me. <laughs> Everything I am doing in this course is exactly what I need as I'm transitioning and um, transitioning to an entirely new way of doing business, basically. The, um, you know, the tutorials for, um, you know, page views is kind of a little on the going away side. So, um, but at the end of the day, this is a step on a path to no longer relying on platforms that can change my business's destiny overnight. And anyone out there that has ever relied on Pinterest for building their business will know exactly what I'm talking about. Because Pinterest, um, after they became um, a public company, they, they changed the way they were showing things. And that constant pinning using a pinning program where they automate my pinning all of that matters not a whit so uh, you know I have some automation on it but I barely look at it anymore mm -hmm. because it gets me nowhere and um, I don't know if you know what idea pins are but I still am confused by them everyone I know is confused by them it's a pin that does not have a link so why would I spend time making a pin without a link, right? Mm -mm. So, um, so the first kind of wave of all of this started when Pinterest kind of changed things. And I started to see my page views drop when Pinterest stopped showing my stuff. I started to um, uh, just look for new ways to reach people. Um, but I knew that that when the page views started dropping and my income started dropping after Pinterest changed the way they were doing their things, I was going to have to switch gears. So maybe um, two years ago, a year and a half ago, I was really pondering how I'm going to do this. But kind of the big one, the big reason why I'm in this course and why I am doing everything in this course is page by page, lesson by lesson, is because Google is ending third-party cookies in 2024. And I, I don't know, do you even know what that means? A lot of people out there probably don't. No. <laughs> okay. I hired an ads manager and she mentioned something like, we should talk more about this. And I was like, sure, sure. But now I, I want to go call her and be like, what? Tell me everything. Yeah, well, um, I'll try to sum it up here real quick. Um, if you visit a site with ads, they are using third-party cookies right now. And they're doing that to show ads to you as a visitor on that site of things you would like to see. So if you come to my site and you've already clicked on a bunch of other sites that have quilting or sewing-related um, items on them, um, they're going to show you things that are in those interest play, you know, those layers of interest there. Uh, so anyway, Google doing this 
means that the free tutorials in exchange for page views model is not going to bring me any income. It, I mean, and the tragic thing is even experts, because I have an um, ad network I belong to, the ad network people have actually said in videos as they're trying to, you know, tell us it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. They've also said, we have no idea what this is going to do. <laughs> so, uh, and, um, and they already so, have, so they don't know if it's going to be okay. Yeah, we really don't. And when here's the model to knowing that is in Europe, they did this a few years ago and it gutted small businesses like mine, just like overnight, the income went from, you know, a good hundred thousand dollar a year income to $5,000 a year. I mean, I, it was all over the place, Ooh. truly. And only the people, the big people at the table, the big guys, kept their ad revenue, but nobody else did. And so they're trying to um, be more equitable with this um, as they're trying to decide how to deal with third-party cookies going away. But at the end of the day, no one knows. So when I heard about the course, I was like, you know, I'm not waiting around for 14 years of work to just evaporate overnight just because a few people in Silicon Valley made another decision that was unfavorable towards me. So that absolutely, it was really the third party cookies. I mean, Pinterest was breaking my heart, but third party cookies going away, that was the thing that I knew was going to slam the door shut on my business if I didn't pivot in some way or another. Which I'm curious if you know the answer to this. Right now, if I run Facebook or Instagram ads, I can do a lookalike audience is that going away as well because of the cookies? Um, I couldn't really 100% answer that question, but maybe. <laughs> okay, I'll ask my ads person about that. Yeah, that's probably your best person. She's probably or he's probably saying, you know, you know, you need to pay attention to this third-party cookies thing. And my ad network has been keeping us as informed, and they have ideas of how to deal with this. But, I mean, when you're on Facebook and you click a like, like I'm, I'm like scrolling down Facebook or Instagram and I like something like a quilt or a quilt pattern or whatever, I, um, I'm telling that organization what I like and then they in turn, you know, save that information and then show me more things like that. But at the same time, they're building that lookalike type audience. So, um, but as far as I know, third party cookies are going away on Google. So Facebook is meta. So, um, but these are all things that are being discussed by, you know, people who are in some realm I don't exist upon. They are trying to preserve privacy across the internet. And so, you know, recording your cookies or recording your likes are possibly things that will go away in the future. Yet, there's billions of dollars being made every year from this. So it would be, um, I guess what I want to say here is a little naive to think that it's all going to go away because that's a lot of money. Right. And I think they're trying to create ways to still match people to their interests without um, invading their privacy too much. So what that looks like, I don't know. Yeah. How that would affect my website, I don't know. So I'm not fine. I'm not waiting to find out. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so, which I love and appreciate. I mean, one thing we all know: all of these platforms that are free for us. When it's free for us, we are their visitor. You know, we play by their rules, which are always changing. Yeah. And so I know I've heard in the call, our welcome call, that you want to grow your email list to be huge because that you own that. You can reach out to them anytime. Yeah. And, um, and it was like, once my, my brain and my little broken heart, because this has been heartbreaking to watch things I have worked so hard for a time I have given up, just, just disappear. Because somebody clicked a link somewhere else, you know, and changed the, the algorithm. It, it was like, uh, I, I can't fight with that. So I have to think differently. And so in doing that, that was when I was just like, enough of these people. You're not getting my time. You're not getting my energy. You're not getting my content 
either. And, you know, Pinterest was built on content from uh, DIY craft and food bloggers. You know, they would not exist today without us in our power pinning ways. But, um, yeah. and so they took it away from us and that's fine. They're, they're a private business. They're welcome to do business any way they want, but I'm not going to do work or business with them. And at this point, I'm not interested in buying their ads or any of that because of the way they treat the their users in in every way. So anyway, but you're right. So I just said at that point, I just was like, okay, we're done. We're over now. Moving on. How do I grow my email list and how do I do it for free? <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. And, and I have been doing that a, a little bit at a time, but um, I did come up with an idea and it's a project that I'm working on with another um, person, uh, Nicole Moore from So Much More. And um, we've created a project where um, I'm probably not supposed to say a whole lot. So I guess, you know, but basically we're building our lists and we're helping build the lists of other people in the quilt um, pattern industry. So, um, and it's a, it's a working model this year so far. I've added 20,000, well, more like 17,000 uh, new subscribers that were qualified people interested in quilting to my email list. So, and hopefully by the end of the year. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> like I said, um, I guess if you really want to know more, go to seasonhomemaker.com. If you sign up, you'll get emails from me about these things that we're doing mm -hmm. and you'll learn more about it. Um, and uh, Nicole and I had a conversation yesterday and she said, well, don't say too much. And anyway, so um, we'll just leave that on the table there. <laughs> a little bit of a mystery. But um, what I wanted to say about that and why I think it's important to build the email list for people um, and why I'm working so hard at that. And right now I'm not interested in buying ads because of the way the platforms have treated people. That doesn't mean in the future I won't spend money on ads, but at this point right now, um, I don't want to grow my list using ads. I want to use um, ways that completely 100% reach that targeted person, that woman who's maybe over 45, an empty nester, who's got a little bit of discretionary income in her budget, that she can go and make a quilt. And she loves to do it. It, it fills her up. It, it fulfills her um, creativity. And, uh, and in doing that, she's happy to share her email list or her email address with us. Well, and let me just circle on what you've done really well here. You know your target audience very well, you know, down to age, gender, income idea-ish, what they're going to be spending that discretionary money on. So you, I mean, and there's a lot of work that's gone behind this, but good job. I mean, you will have success because one, you have the drive. Two, you have the drive. <laughs> You're smart. Well, it, it was a, it was a pivot. And I mean, almost like a soldier marching and turning around quickly, you know, on his heel and marching in a new direction. It was like, that's, how firm my decision was. It's like, no more will these platforms steal my work from me, which, I mean, I gave them all of that. I did that. And, and we're not doing that anymore over here at the Season Homemaker because yep. of that. And um, I did a little math, and I wanted to share this because I think people, if they hear the math, they will understand how important this is. So um, if I have a list of 300,000 readers, Okay, that's my, my first goal. And um, I create a new pattern, something simple, and I'll just explain a little more about that in a second. But um, 300,000 people on my list, I send out an email to them, and 2% of them make a purchase, that's 6,000 purchases, of a $5 pattern, maybe something just really simple like a, a quilted bag. That's $30,000. I don't make that much every month in ad revenue. So that is like so worth my time to build that email list so that I can convert those people into buyers. And, um, and that's another reason why I'm in this course because I always feel like marketing, I've been lazy. I mean, other people have been doing my marketing for me. I've been lazy. And so I want to build kind of an irresistible marketing plan so that people 
those, you know, I'm not asking for 20%. I'm just saying 2%, which is the industry standard. You know, it's like the industry standard's 2 to 5%. So I'm on the low end there. But if I can just um, market it better, then I think I will be able to turn that into an, a replacement income for my ads. You absolutely can and will. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I actually have been experimenting a little bit with it. I have taken all of, well, not all of them. I've taken a majority of my most popular blog posts and turned them into $3 printable posts. So you can get the whole thing and the freebie for $3 and it has no ads in it. And people are, um, that number of sales every month is growing. It, the first month I tried it, it was like, you know, $200. And now it's over a thousand every month, every time I, it's more than that. It's like almost $1,000 every time I share one of these printable posts. So so how do you share this printable post? Um, well, okay, so if you go to, um, right now it's kind of Halloween, so I have this uh, tutorial about how to make a um, an applique spider mini quilt. And um, so you can go to my website and you can download the template for free. But to learn how to make it, you're going to have to like stay on my website, which of course that increases my ad revenue. And you're going to scroll down, and you're going to scroll through, and use the tutorial for free with the free pattern. I mean, the free template of the spider. However, if you just don't want to be annoyed by the ads, or you just you know you want a printable copy of it, um, I turned that print that post into something printable. It's just a PDF document. Depending on the length of the tutorial, it's usually anywhere between five to seven pages long. And if there was a freebie on the website that anybody can snag, that freebie is now available in the, um, the $3 printable post. So it's not fancy. It doesn't have a cover on it or anything. It's just a printed copy that you can download. And I keep it inexpensive because I kind of feel like, you know, if people stayed on my site to do the tutorial, I'd probably earn about that much money anyway. And um, for a while, I was paying somebody to do all of this. So, you know, I had to kind of recover my cost anyway. Okay, this is genius. I feel like... Okay, this is genius. I feel like I keep thinking of doing a mastermind and I want you in the mastermind. I like how your brain is thinking. You've got some good ideas there. Yeah, I'll join that mastermind. Yeah. So another thing too is um, I do, um, in part of my vision of all of this is to stay digital. And I know in the course, you know, like we're all talking about where we're going to get our print patterns printed. And, and I don't want that. I want something that I call fast and finishable. And I know finishable isn't a word, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, works. but everybody knows what that means. Uh, uh, quilt patterns or quilty patterns for simple projects. Keep them digital so somebody can come in and purchase it, download it, and finish it in an afternoon. And, um, and this kind of goes with my whole, um, mission statement, <laughs> um, because I, um, if you go to my, uh, about page, it'll say, think of me as the Yoda of sewing. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I know, but what I'm really saying there is, is I want to be your sewing and quilting mentor and your guide to guide you on your sewing and quilting and creative journey. And I don't want to be the hero of your story. I want to make you the hero of this story. And so um, by making products and projects that are finishable like that, then it does. People love it. Uh, yesterday, I got a comment. I, I was going to read it here. It was about the Halloween spider mini quilt. And she said, so fun. I'm so glad I subscribed to your newsletter. You have such fun projects that don't take, all caps, forever. That is my audience. Uh, that is my audience. I don't see myself making show quilts or quilts that people will enter into shows. They, I want them to be fun and finishable. I want people to... Um, embrace their creativity and, and use it as a way to share who they are and share with the people they love. Quilts and quilty projects. Uh, some of the things like 
Um, I, I did a pumpkin coaster recently, and somebody emailed me and said, I'm making one, I'm, I'm, I'm text, or I'm writing you, but I'm making these for all the ladies in my office. And I thought, that's what I want people to do, is not just make something, but make something, finish it, and give it away. You know, enjoy it. Share it with the people you love and care about. Yeah, and again knowing that niche, knowing exactly what you want to provide. And I'm going to tell the listeners, because I'm having this visceral effect myself, I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. I should do that. No, 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 no. (laughs) There is an audience for all of the things. So this is what you want to provide. So listeners, don't feel like you have to do the same thing. You know, go in all in with what you have and love. But it is a great idea. Very. Well, it is an idea that has been formulating since like 2008 when I started I mean people wanted things that they could make but and that's what they were saying to me and I I guess because I am the seasoned homemaker you know people in that age group do identify with me um, a lot (laughs) and I'm over 60 so you know I'm my own target audience and um, I have a best friend who is a sewing quilty person too. And I literally run every single thing past her. <laughs> so she, she that. sees it all first and, and she is like, no, we can use those colors or yeah, the ladies in my quilt group would love this, you know? So, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm always probing her brain to find out what more people want because she is like, she's right there in the thick of it day in and day out. She's sewing the projects. She's around people that are sewing the projects too. So I'm just kind of a little there in my head. So. Okay. I've got to ask, have you read Donald Miller's story brand? Oh, when it was hot off the press. (laughs) Oh, how did you know? Like, this is a little more recent for me. Oh, well, no. um, uh, Actually I got, um, he was asking People, I was like listening to his podcast or somehow I, oh, I know my daughter, one of my children told me that he had a, a new book or a podcast and, and you could download his book for a real good price. And I mean, I downloaded that book that day and inhaled it. <laughs> and it was like, because it made perfect sense. It was, I mean, I already had that. I want to be the Yoda of sewing for you on my website. And he was saying the exact same thing, but he so articulated it so much better because, you know, he's kind of brilliant. I don't know if you've ever read any of his other work. <laughs> like um, No, but now I need to. Yeah, like Blue Light Jazz. I mean, uh, you know, I got that one in a hard copy <laughs> like years and years and years ago, like maybe 20 years ago. So I was already a Don Miller fan. And, um, and just thought he was a genius. And when I heard he started a marketing company, I'm like, hmm, well, I kind of like his ideas. So I think I might just have to see what he's up to. And yeah, uh, and he yeah. is, I think he grows, helps people grow businesses in a smart way too. Yeah, definitely. So if you had to say, I mean, you've kind of touched on it a bit, but if you had to picture yourself in a year or five years from now, how do you envision that looking? Well, that email list will be 300,000 or more people easily. I'm hoping it's more like at the half million mark in five years. That's, I, you know, I don't just dream about it. It's, it's already happening to me. It's, it's a done deal. I just have to do the work day in and day out. Um, in five years, maybe I'll be able to teach my own Adobe and Illustrator in a design class or yes. something, you know, that, um, this year when I woke up on January 1st, I thought somehow I've got to learn these programs and then along came Elizabeth. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, hopefully I'll have a, uh, stable of products and I'm rolling them out week after week to people and every week. of my list are buying what I'm showing them because I've created an irresistible marketing plan, which I don't have a plan for that yet. It's on the list, but I haven't started that yet. This just makes me so happy. Like, and I know that it's going to happen because you have done it in the past, but I don't want to say that and have people think, well, I've not done it in the past. That won't happen to me, but it takes hard work. It takes that monotonous. I mean, people want a magic what can I not do and have success? It's like, no, no, it's actually hard work and it's tedious um, and you get that. And so you'll, you'll do great. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, one thing for people maybe starting out that I would say, I, I mean, I see a whole lot of people and they 
have a whole lot of traction on places like Instagram and they're making reels and, and they're beautiful and their work is brilliant. And I, I can I don't know if they're selling their work well, or, um, it's, you know, it's, I, I don't have it. I don't have access to that information, nor should I. But, um, so to me, I'm not willing to invest, like I said, hardly a moment of my life on somebody else's platform. But, um, and so I would say that balance that out. Don't put all your eggs in one basket because I did that for years and then boom, it was gone. It was, it was just like they switched, they flipped a switch, they changed their algorithm and my feed dropped. I mean, seriously, like a hundred thousand page views a month dropped. Like that's a lot. That's money out of my pocket every single month. So, um, even though you might be doing this and you might be gaining tons of traction, don't be blinded by the light. Do not. You need to have a secondary plan and you need to always be saying, these people, these wonderful people who say so many nice things about my projects on Instagram, you need to figure out, this is where your smart move is. You need to figure out how to make all of those people there that follow you and love you and comment on Instagram into email subscribers and then you need to contact them every single week with something and it I have been on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. I think since about 2014 2015 like that long ago people have been getting an email from me with some little juicy tidbit about something and it's usually now it just links to a post because I have like almost 500 posts on my blog so I can just seasonally roll those out and um, and they're new to people, and those people that they aren't new to, I usually sprinkle in every season one or two new tutorials. So yeah, well, even if it's not new, I know for me, I'd be like, man, that cute pumpkin coaster from last year, where was that again? And if you send an email out, I'd be like, oh yes, there it is. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't get that last year. So, um, but eventually, I think, I mean, I haven't completely decided, but I do think that the um, the free downloads since that, um, you know, free content in exchange for emails isn't quite, it's, it's fading a little bit. Um, I'm going to probably transition away when that, when that completely the light bulb on that one darkens, then I'm probably going to charge for those. And the only way you'll get the download is to purchase it from me. But, but that's down the road. That's not tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. Well, I love the business savvy here. I love the way your mind is working. Speaking of not owning these platforms, today, this morning, my Instagram account almost got hacked because I almost fell for a stupid thing. And I had to go down that path in my mind. And I've done it before. What if? What if this happens? And I'm getting to a point where my email audience, it actually is bigger than my Instagram following. And I feel like I've got good connections with people that my business would be okay, but you do not want to put all of your eggs in one basket. Nope. And, and it's for that reason, because every day they are looking, there are just evil people in the world looking to, to destroy what you have taken years to build. And they can do it in a, a link, a click, in a click. You click some kind of thing and it, it does, it looks real <laughs> and it's not. Mm -hmm. So... And then all of a sudden, they may even have stuff to steal your identity. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah, I completely get it. But, oh, bless your heart. I'm so glad that you were able to <laughs> avoid that on every oh, level. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been so enjoyable. So as a reminder for our listeners, if they want to find you or check out this amazing email list of yours, how do they do that? Um, if they go to seasonedhomemaker.com, they can subscribe. There's like on the homepage, there's a ginormous box that says subscribe here. <laughs> and then on down the page two or three times, there's a subscribe box. So it's not hard to find where to subscribe, but that's where you'll, you'll get the best of me. You probably won't find the best of me on social media anywhere, but, um, but you will find it in the email list. And I promise you, you'll feel loved and taken care of and heard. I'm listening to my readers. I don't always respond to every email, but I read every single email that comes in. And then I take it to heart. And, and I work for these people because 
they've been so good and loyal to me too. I love it. Well, this has been just enjoyable. Thank you so much for being here, sharing with us about your experience and your dreams. I'm hoping in about six months to a year, we can circle back and hear how your growth has gone. Is that something you're open to? I would love that. That would be awesome. First of all, it puts my feet to the fire. <laughs> and, um, you know, it gives me, you know, you know, it's, it's like that old saying, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Well, it gives me a target, too. I hear I have said it on a podcast for the world to hear that um, yes. these are the things I'm doing. But um, I've actually been doing them for months now, and they are starting to show traction. And again, like you pointed out for people, you know, don't just change your plan and do what Leslie's doing, you know. But study all kinds right. of things and yeah. see what works best for you and your audience. But build an audience. There's the future of your business is your audience. And it's not somebody else's platform. Words of wisdom. I just second everything you say. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to circling back with you down the road. Awesome. I, I look forward to it too. And thank you again, Elizabeth, for having me on the podcast. I am so excited that you are here. I just love your work and the potential that you have with your business. So for our listeners, can you share who you are and what you do in the quilting world? My name is Amy and I am at Happy Hippie Studio and I am starting my journey in quilt pattern writing and currently taking Elizabeth's course on quilt pattern writing. Awesome. So, okay, you mentioned right there that you're starting with quilt pattern writing, but can you share like your business journey and what you've done so far? Yeah, so I started quilting in 2014 when my oldest daughter was born and I needed something to uh, keep me sane while I was a stay-at-home mom and quickly fell in love with the process of um, creating quilts and writing patterns. And since then, it's blossomed into writing patterns to sell. Um, I'm currently on Etsy and hoping to grow into my own website um, and eventually into surface design as well. Awesome. I love that you want to do surface design because let's talk about your your branding. So, right, I had a ton of people apply to be on the podcast from the course, which was so hard to narrow down. But, and I chose people, some who are just starting out, some who've been in the business a while, but I also chose people who, they there's some really good stuff going on already. And with you, I love the look that you have created and it goes really well with your brand. The happy it's happy hippie quilter or happy hippie. What is it? Happy hippie studio is the, my website, my domain and my Instagram is happy hippie quilts. Um, there was some confusion with people finding me on Instagram as to what type of studio I was. That makes sense. Yep. That does make sense. So how did you choose the name Happy Hippie to go in there and and then talk to me about like your fabric selection and just you've done such a really good job with that. So can you talk to us about that? Um, Happy Hippie was, uh, I, I like alliteration. So everything I've ever done, um, even my children's names, you know, start with the same letters. Uh, it's just, it's nice. It sounds nice. It feels good in the mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. um, as far as the fabric se fabric selections go, um, like a lot of people, I started with, you know, something simple. I started with Missouri Star um, patterns and, you know, learned the importance of always using neutrals. And then as I fell deeper down the rabbit hole of quilting, discovered the, like the Free Spirit lines and Cave Facet and um, Anna Maria and Tula and was like, wait a second, I don't have to have neutrals. There are there are rules here and there are no rules here all at the same time. And my my personal style is no neutrals, even, you know, in my home. Uh, so just kind of, I, I felt, not to be cliche, but free-spirited with the free-spirit fabric <laughs> line. And it just fit with how I wanted my my online and my physical space to feel. Yeah, I mean, you have really zoned in on your looks and your photography. Let's talk about that. What, what is your experience with photography? Because your photos are good. Thank you. So I also started doing photography when my kids were little, um, you know, just to, to be able to take them out on a whim and do fun photo shoots. Um, and that's something that I was doing mm, full-time-ish until I started writing quilt patterns. Um, I've since closed my photography business and now I just 
pay my friend who's a photographer to do it for me. Um, but I still do take my own pictures of my quilts and I, I edit them. Um, and I, I do use presets. I'm not going to act like I'm better than everybody else. And I Photoshop everything because I don't, um, <laughs> I, I do, I have some pretty nice presets that I've, I've had made. Um, but yeah, photography was kind of my first love along the same time that quilting showed up. Okay, you've had presets made. I'm very intrigued. Are they like custom to you or? I was going for a look that was both vibrant and moody. And I've only posted one or two pictures with my brand new presets that kind of capture the earthy moodiness and the vibrancy at the same time. I bought some premium presets from a photographer and ended up making more tweaks to them myself to kind of, hers were really matte. And I, I didn't want matte. I still wanted moody, but not matte. Um, so they are, I purchased the premium ones and then added my own touches to them. Interesting. So you know how to create presets and like sell them. Oh yeah. If you can use AI to make quilt patterns, you can totally make presets. They're oh. not complicated at all. Really? Yes. Yes. It's, it's super, super easy. All right. We'll be carrying on this conversation off the podcast. <laughs> I'm very intrigued about this. Okay. Very cool. And okay. I also noticed in the Facebook group in the course, someone asked about setting up a website and you were like, do creatives need help? with setting up websites? I was like, oh, absolutely. So tell me your history or experience with that. So I've been a serial entrepreneur since having kids. Um, and I've started several websites from the beginning of like WordPress and Bluehost being brand new. And when the blog space just barely opened up to being monetized. Um, but again, having back-to-back -back children followed by an autoimmune illness, I ended up closing most of them. I just didn't have the energy to keep them up. So I've built website after website after website. I've built them for other local creatives, um, like long armors that just needed to get their presence on Google and was realizing that a lot of small businesses can set up a website but have no idea what to do once it's set up. So getting your presence where the rest of the world can find you goes a lot further than just having a domain. That being said, I recently learned about Shopify and now I feel like I'm in way over my head. It's so, so, so much bigger than anything I've ever built before. Um, so really? Shopify? Yeah, Shopify is way harder. I've done Show huh. It. I've done various WordPress things. I've hmm. done Wix, Weebly, Squarespace. And Shopify is huge compared to those. Interesting. So I'm a little intimidated. Uh, you'll get it, yeah. Because, I mean, I started with Shopify. Granted, I hired someone to come in a few years ago and, like, help me with it. But, like, you've got the skill set. You'll get it. Well, okay. I feel like you've got a lot of skills here. It's going to be a matter of what, you know, what you focus on. And, uh, well, I mean, business coaching, which you didn't sign up for, but starting with the one thing you can add as you go, like if you want to end up adding on the web design thing, or if you want to add on presets that you sell, you've got a lot of options there. So well done. Well, with that, with me saying that, if you were to envision like a year from now and five years from now, what do you picture your business? What are your dreams for your business? Which may change, but. Uh, a year from now, I would like to be making a decent living at selling patterns. Um, and I would love, love, love to write for Anna Maria or um, probably not Tula. I feel like she writes her own patterns, but somebody, somebody within the free spirit, um, line and five years from now, I'd love to have my own fabric line with free spirit. Awesome. I love it. So have, okay. What is your experience with writing quilt patterns up to this point? So I've been writing them for a couple years now in Lucid Press, which is, um, like a simplified version of InDesign. It's less than InDesign, but more than Canva. Um, and it's actually no longer a thing. They, mm. um, they separated from their parent company. And it was okay. It got the job done. Um, I've looked back at some of my patterns now in light of having taken part of the course. And I'm like, oh, yikes. <laughs> they need to be mm -hmm. redone. <laughs> but it, it got the job done, and it got them started. Um, and I'm selling them on Etsy, um, you know, a few a week. Yeah, good. So is your Etsy store, do you have pretty good traffic? That's actually pretty good to be selling a few a week. Yeah, I get most of my traffic from Instagram at this point. Hmm, okay, cool. 
So then I'd love to hear why you decided to sign up for the quilt pattern writing course. So I've known for a while that I wanted to do more than what I could do with just EQ8 and a the Lucid Press or another publisher. And I've known that AI would do the things I wanted to do, but I just couldn't figure it out. So I took an Illustrator course at the community college, and it was an online deal, and they taught you everything except how to design a quilt <laughs> and write a pattern. So I came out of it knowing how to make really ugly logos and still not knowing how to build a quilt. And I've just been banging my head for the last year trying to figure out how I was going to get the skills I need just to write quilt patterns and you know googling every few weeks you know quilt writing patterns on AI and quilt writing pattern courses and I ended up finding your your website and your Instagram and was like oh my god this is it awesome and okay what so far has been your biggest struggle with growing your business easily 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 the mom guilt um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool three kids. We live on a farm, and my kids are all still pretty young. And uh, just taking the time and, and stepping away from that role while still being at home with them has been pretty big for all of us. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a really big adjustment, setting those boundaries. So um, a few months ago, I started with therapy. Um, and I, I just hired a family therapist and was like, I, I need help. You know, I, I need somebody to just tell me how to, how to balance this. Um, and it's been invaluable. For the balancing and the mom guilt, because a lot of the listeners out here are in your same boat and myself included, you know, I mean, I started my business when my youngest started pre-K and kindergarten. So that helped, but like when, and if you're homeschooling or your kids are at home still, I'd love to hear any insights from the therapy or from your experience that you've learned. So setting boundaries without guilt is, is the single biggest hurdle for any of us. And it's just a matter of talking to my therapist twice a month and her being like, look, Miss Amy, you need to, you need to take care of you. You're, you're going crazy. And I was, and I still am those days, <laughs> but it's, it's gotten easier. And then the other part of it was um, if other homeschool parents will probably know of uh, Julie Bogart and um, the Brave Writer series. And she has all these books on homeschooling and unschooling and being an awesome adult while homeschooling multiple children. And I'm like, whoa, they need to see me doing something other than being just their mom. And ironically, when I started doing my own thing and just putting my headphones on and ignoring them for a few minutes here and there, they got more independent and started doing their own thing. And we ended up all being a lot happier when I'm not just all over everybody all day long. Yep. Isn't that interesting? I mean, even I'm just thinking of my, well, I won't say which one of my kids because they'd be embarrassed, but one of my kids, uh, we've really laid down the law of like, you need to do this, this, and this every day. And the, anytime there's a change for the best, there's a need, it's not comfortable. People don't, you know, let's just even take eating better, you know, here, eat some vegetables. Oh uh, no. I mean, everything that's good for us isn't, not everything, but most things it, it's uncomfortable, you know? And so setting up those boundaries, it's going to be uncomfortable at first, but it ends up paying off better for everyone in the end. So I really love hearing that. Uh, so we ended up setting a timer and this is the thing that's had to work for us. Cause I have, I have one of one kid that will just all day long wants to be like physically in contact and talking mm -hmm. to me all day long. And I'm like, we got, we got to set a timer kid. Cause I need to work with, without interruption for X number of minutes and you need to go be independent for X number of minutes. And so we'll decide what those number of minutes needs to be for that time. And um, she's not allowed to ask questions and I'm not allowed to go check on her. And it's been amazing, amazing for all of us. Uh, she's started studying ancient Rome in her uninterrupted mommy free time. I'm like, see, it's good for all of us to be, to have some boundaries and to be independent. Yeah, that is so cool. I love that. And it's a great life skill. Like she will be better off because of it. And so will you. So that's a win-win. And hopefully I won't have to accompany her to college. Right. I know. I wonder that with my kids, like, can you do this? <laughs> We're getting close. So you also just mentioned ever so lightly in there that you have an autoimmune um, 
health issue. So how do you, we have a lot of listeners that have health issues. In fact, I had a whole podcast and I'd love to do another one, but how does that play into all of this? You know, a lot of times I think people feel like I can't because I've got this disadvantage, but then so many people who are making it have these things. So can you speak to that a little bit? So I've done a lot of research um, in another another life and another online space. I'm actually um, an autoimmune nutritionist hmm. for homeschool moms. And I've also met my tribe through Instagram in my creative space, putting my mast cell out there. And that was a big leap. Um, I didn't want people to look at that and be like, I'm using it, like, please excuse my mediocrity. I have an illness. Right. Um, because I want to be who I want to be in spite of that, um, and not hindered by it. So I did spend about two years, um, not doing much of anything except healing. Uh, and I, and I had to take that time, um, to do that, but it also pushed me to realize that life is too short to play by the rules, um, to make, to make my own. And I was like, if I make it through this, and I wasn't sure, like at the end of 2019, I wasn't sure if I was going to live to see the end of 2020. And I was like, if my children aren't orphans by the end of next year, I'm going to chase my dreams with everything I have because I owe it to myself that I've made it through this. It's like eating dessert when you've made it through a big pile of broccoli, you know, you wow, just, yeah. you, you know, you have to reward yourself and you have to go for it. Um, so that being said, I've met some other people that have the same illness that are also quilters. Um, and it's, it's, it's really emotional. One of them reached out to me. She's terminal, um, with the same thing that I just healed from. And I'm like, that's, that's heavy, you know, and she's housebound and she can only work for 10 to 15 minutes at a time. Um, so building that community of people that's like, Hey, I got you, you know, and I'm not going to hold I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to hold myself. I'm not going to hold anyone else to these standards of perfection that you see online because our bodies and brains can't work like that. Um, so that was the other part of designing my patterns was needing to create things that are visually striking, but so forgiving that I can sew on a flare up day and like make crooked lines and not be able to match a pattern. And it's not detrimental. And so this I try to be open with that. I really love that. I did not know that about you or the patterns, but I think that is such a breath of fresh air to have this forgiveness, you know, of like, mm -mm, it doesn't need to be perfect. You can show up as you are. Are you having a bad day, a bad month? You're, this is for you. Like what a forgiving place to be and welcoming. And there's a large audience of people I know who really, could resonate with that. I love that you have connected with this other quilter in specific who's terminal and been able to connect. I mean, those are the things in life that that's success in my eyes, you know, being able to have that. So that's really neat. I did not know that you, I don't know, how do I say this, offered that or experienced that, not to put it as like, wow, lucky you, because, you know, it's, it's a struggle, but um, but a really unique way that you can serve and show up for others that, that I think is great. So uh, I would love to circle back with you in like six months or a year and just hear how your business has grown. You know, you'll be able to finish the course, uh, implement the things that we've talked about and that you've learned in the course, and then just hear how you're doing. So is that something that you would be open to? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. You're putting me on a deadline, I guess, yeah. to like have something to show. <laughs> right, I know. There's a little fire under you there. So if our listeners want to find you, where can they come and find you? I am on Instagram at Happy Hippie Quilts and currently in the process of building my website at happyhippiestudio.com. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll watch for that website and we'll circle back in a six months to a year. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. So Leslie and Amy, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. It's just such a pleasure to hear from students, to hear their, I mean, it's, isn't that pretty cool? These different backgrounds and there's, you know, almost 300 students in the course of all varying levels of experience and backgrounds. And this is just a little insight into two of them. And it's so, so fun to just gather all of the different 
experiences, all the different paths that they've come from, and to, you know, put them together in a class to get to, they have small peer groups where they get to talk to each other. There's just so much that we can offer each other as quilterpreneurs, all of our interests and so many different talents. I just loved hearing from both of you, and I hope that you listeners did as well. In fact, I have four more students that I have interviewed and that I'm going to be sharing with you as listeners. And I also have coming up an interview with the owners of Art Gallery Fabrics. I had the chance to go out to Florida with some of the alumni from my course and meet with them and spend a couple of days in their warehouse and in their offices. And we pick their brains and ask them all the questions. So that will be coming up soon as well. Be sure to tune in every Friday. There is a brand new episode of the Craft a Career podcast where I help you grow your creative business and turn your craft into a successful career. So until then, have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Friday. Mm-hmm.